You're watching your favorite crime scene investigation show. It's the point in the story where the suspect has been led away in handcuffs. The stone-faced crime tech hurries into the perp's bedroom. He pulls a small spray bottle from his lab coat pocket. He pumps the top once or twice, and within seconds, the entire wall glows a brilliant blue. He casts a knowing glance at the detective, who declares, It was a bloodbath in here. Slowly, the camera zooms in on the real star of this scene. The bottle of luminol, still in the tech's capable gloved hand. Whether it's history, crime, or legend, Stephanie Hoover has that story. While this scenario may play well in the fictional world of crime TV, true forensics experts know it's malarkey. Does luminol detect blood? Of course. Does it immediately signify whose blood? Not a chance. And what about that blue glow? Well, maybe the suspect was a heavy cigar smoker, or really liked horseradish. As everyone hearing this knows, luminol exhibits what the scientists call chemiluminescence. That's a fancy way of saying that it glows blue when reacting to hemoglobin and other substances. Reportedly first synthesized in 1902, it was not until 1928 that a German chemist first studied and recorded luminol's peculiar reaction to blood. Another German, forensic scientist Walter Sprecht, first tested it at a crime scene in 1937. According to a document created by the National Criminal Justice Referral Service, luminol was first proposed for American forensic applications in 1942. It took some time for police departments to accept, not to mention understand and afford, luminol and its attendant training and equipment requirements. Many Americans first learned of luminol during the murder trial of Dr. Sam Shepard. The Shepherds were a wealthy family living in the Tony Lakeshore suburb of Cleveland, known as Bay Village. The doctor's wife, Marilyn, was bludgeoned to death in the early morning hours of July 4, 1954. Dr. Shepherd told a story that police found suspicious. He'd fallen asleep on the daybed in the living room, Shepherd said, and was awakened after 3 a.m. by the screams of his wife. Shepard ran upstairs to the couple's bedroom only to be intercepted by a tall man he described as having bushy hair. The intruder struck Shepard with a heavy object, rendering him temporarily unconscious. The doctor's next recollection was of waking up on the shore of Lake Erie. Marilyn's murder was particularly violent. She'd been struck 27 times by an unknown object. The force and viciousness of the blows rendered her nearly unrecognizable. Blood spatter covered the walls of the bedroom, but blood droplets were also deposited elsewhere in the home. These were identified and tested by Henry Dombrowski, a member of the Cuyahoga County Scientific Identification Unit. Dombrowski was known as a blacklight man because he used ultraviolet light to study crime scenes. During Shepard's first trial, he testified about his use of luminol in the Shepard home and his subsequent findings. Asked by prosecutors to explain luminol to the jury, Dombrowski said, 
It is a testing reagent that can be sprayed onto suspected blood spots. It is used in total darkness, and when it is sprayed on a blood spot, the blood will then cause the luminol solution to glow, give it sort of a bluish-greenish fluorescence. In a time that predated today's high-tech forensic techniques and DNA analysis, this testimony seemed like science fiction to many trial watchers. Challenges to luminol evidence are sometimes valid. Common household items like bleach can trigger false positives, as can certain vegetable matter like the aforementioned horseradish. Residue from heavy cigarette and cigar smoke can also affect results. A misconception often perpetrated by Hollywood involves the level of intensity of luminol's glow. Although cop shows would have us believe that a brighter blue equates to larger quantities of blood, in actuality it typically indicates the age of that blood. Older blood produces more chemiluminescence. Luminol by the early 1990s became a standard tool for forensics teams in even small police departments. It is unquestionably the most reliable indicator of the presence of blood. Early luminol adopter and forensics expert Gary A. Reamy famously promised that luminol can indicate one drop of blood in five million drops of water. What luminol can't do is immediately identify the victim or the killer, nor can it solve every crime on every television network, or in real life for that matter. Want to test it for yourself? Contrary to popular belief, luminol sales are not restricted to law enforcement personnel. In fact, you can buy it online for less than the cost of a good lunch for two. Lab coats sold separately. Stephanie wants to hear your thoughts on the podcast. To record your comments or story suggestions, call the Stephanie Hoover Has That Story hotline at 717-902-9291. Remember, by leaving your message, you're giving Stephanie permission to use your recorded voice on the podcast. So there you have it, the history of Luminol. To hear more episodes of Stephanie Hoover Has That Story, visit my website, stephaniehoover.com. Until next time, be well, be kind, and be happy.